wild times. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. We're back. I'm back. You guys never left, but I am back. It is the Wild Times Podcast, episode number 72. That is so many, wow. so many episodes of Wild Times. I'd like to say that I've been there for 72 of them, but I think I just missed like a, a foursome chunk. So it was a, it was a big lot. But if you're uh, joining us for the first time, I am sometimes your host, the broologist, Forrest Galante. Joining me on the Wild Times episode number 72, Mr. Patrick DeLuca, the producer. Dude. What's up, Patrick? Dude, I am... It was very hard as we were setting up to not start talking about your stories from Brazil. I'm, I've been excited <laughs> for this all day, man. I yeah, there's some fun stuff. It. There's some good stuff to discuss. And yeah. joining us in that discussion will be the one and only PhD in podcasts, Ritep. What's up, Ritep? What's going on, gentlemen? Happy to be here. Happy you're back, Forrest. Uh, got a nice little cock tease of the stories while we were setting up there. Okay. I'm excited to hear more. I like I'll your you uh, Baby Yoda hat, by the way. It's nice. nice. Seven dollars at Home Goods. Okay. Check it out. <laughs> I <Nice>. won't. <laughs> it's not a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't have any sponsors, actually. We don't. Uh, <laughs> dude, I will say so. We did a couple without you. Yeah. Um, How to go? We had a guest. It was good. So Ritep and I did one solo, and then we had a guest last week, dude named Josh Feldman. He's a treasure hunter. He's been on TV a bunch. I got, uh, I got, I got Brosner DMs about how great he was. Not kidding. Oh, good. He's, yeah. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Was, I heard his stories know, were outstanding. Yeah, yeah, we should have him back. It'd be fun to have the two of you together. Um, but I will say thank you to all the Brosners who were very effusively like, because uh, there were a couple people that posted on YouTube comments like. Yeah, I love you guys, but only listen when Forrest is on, which is which is fine. Like, <laughs> That's fair. You know, totally fair. I'm not mad. I, you know, still great yeah. to have you. Just but hit then mute a lot of people... and let the YouTube video play so that we still <laughs> right. get the view count. Like, come on. Yeah, uh. exactly. But then a lot of people were like, you know, just really complimentary. Like, you know, just love the banter, guys. Like, keep doing it. You know, even oh, if nice. Forrest can't do it, we, you know, we love to listen. So thanks to everyone. But I think... This podcast, you're going to do a lot of talking here, Forrest. Yeah. Because we haven't talked to you in almost a month. Five Where weeks. Where were you? I was gone Where for nearly five weeks. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So many stories. And by the way, I'm not making excuses for not being here. Look, this is an adventure and wildlife podcast. If we were here every single week, we'd have no new stories for the podcast. We're going to have to disappear here and there to go and make new stories for, for you, you Brosners. That, yep. that is part of what you signed up for. When you started subscribing to the Wild Times podcast. So no yep. excuses. That being said, I'm happy to be home. So I was gone for, yeah, nearly five weeks. Um, started, uh, man, I was, oh, boy, there's a lot to tell you guys about. So I'm doing this new Discovery Channel show for Discovery Plus. Um, things are going well. It's fun. It's different. It's certainly not extinct or alive. It's, it's quite different to that. You know, it still deals with wildlife, of course. It's the only thing I know how to do. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, so we, I had two shoots back to back. First of all, and I, I actually got to back up and tell a very real story about this in a minute. I don't, I didn't tell even you guys this. Um, no, I don't know shit. All right, so let me let me get into it. So we'll get to some stories, but Patrick, look, you've you've pre-proed how many TV shows? I mean, countless at this point, right? Yeah, it's a big it, big part of the job. It's a big part of the job. It's pre-production, yeah. and what that means is it's all the planning going into a shoot, right? So 
in this show that I have for Discovery Plus, I had six episodes outlined. I was like, here are the six episodes that I think we're going to do, right? Three of them are going to be international, and three of them are going to be domestic here in the United States. Well, we go, I, I go to Africa for two of them. Uh, I go, come to the U.S. and I do two of them, and then I'm going into my third domestic one before the final international one, right? Ten mm. days, ten days before we're supposed to leave for our last domestic one. And Patrick, you know how little time ten days is in pre-production. The guy, yes. it's yeah. I would be panicking my ass off if I if someone panicking. Was like, you got to shoot this in ten days. Yeah, full full meltdown mode, like panicking. Anyway, the story's getting long, but what happens is we're planning on going to Texas to investigate the feral pig problem. So for those that don't know, there's we've talked about it on the pod before, there's gazillions of pigs in the United States and they were brought here by Christopher Columbus uh, and settled with like 12 pigs in Florida, you know, forever ago. And right. that turned into, I don't know, 6 million pigs across the United States or whatever it is. Anyway, we were going to do a story on that. We were going to go to Texas. We we're going to look at feral pigs. We we're going to look for gigantism and pig DNA, all kinds of cool stuff. And that was part of the show. Ten days before we're supposed to go, I get a call from this professor at Texas A&M who I've been working with to say, hey, you know, we want to do this scientifically and we want to investigate this and that. And he's like, I'm out. I've got family problems. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, okay. like we're 10 days away. So I'm like very weird. And like he really wouldn't give me any details. He was quite polite, but he just he just bailed. And I'm like, OK, so we like go back to the drawing board and we're like, here's how we can still do the science. And here's how we can still do it without the, the, the professor. Now it's, now it's like eight days before, right? And we've okay. got law enforcement because law enforcement's actually a big part, fishing game and stuff, or a big right. part of the, the pig problem. They call me, right, the representative. We're, we, we cannot believe what you're doing. We're out. And I'm like, the fuck is going on here? It's like a week before the shoot. <laughs> right. I'm starting to panic. I'm like, I've just lost my professor. Now I've lost, like, my fishing game contacts. What's going on? And this is some interesting content for you guys to tell you guys about what happened. It's really, really pretty weird. Anyway... So I contacted this person that was like, hey, we have the biggest pigs in the country on this ranch, right? And I was like, perfect. Okay. That's exactly what we want to investigate. It's like, here's the area. It's this part of Texas, blah, blah. That's where we're going to go, and we're going to look at these feral pig problems and figure out yeah. this gigantism thing. Okay. Well, turns out this guy, who didn't name the name of the ranch, which I won't say on air, but frankly, because I don't remember it, the, the <laughs> ranch was... It was a canned hunting operation that had illegally been bringing pigs into the ranch and feeding them corn and steroids and making them Jesus, fucking massive no. so hunters could come in and shoot their, like, 500-pound boar. And get that awesome picture. And yeah. get the picture. And meanwhile, wow. here I am, yeah. the dumb, dumb biologist who's just like, this sounds great. There's big pigs. That's exactly what I want to learn about. And <laughs> it's like this: the, the professor figured out where we were and was like, fuck you guys. Like, what you're doing is terrible. Fish and Game figured it out, and they're like, we've been trying to bust these guys. Like, this is fucked up. Nobody would tell me what was going on. So eventually I got to the bottom of it and I was like are you kidding me like the place that we've pre-proed the place that we've set up to go and spend eight days looking for giant feral pigs and blah 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 is a an, like an illegal yeah. can hunting operation I'm out wow. so eight days before the shoot I pulled the plug on a shoot that we'd been planning for like five months um, gotcha. which was brutal huge yeah, stress yeah, yeah that's so they terrible. were basically like creating there was like the island of Dr. Moreau they were exactly like, 
building these giant pigs by yes. force feeding them and giving them shots and but stuff. But it was all under the radar so that hunters could come in and murder themselves a 500-pound pig and get a trophy. But it was like known in fish and game in the scientific community that this place was doing this, but not public information. And wow. then, yeah. you know, when, so of course, so I didn't know it. I'm just like, yeah, big pigs. Right. Like, why wouldn't I go and investigate this? And so when I found out, I was like, I'm having nothing to do with canned hunting. I'm having nothing to do with yeah. illegal pig fucking whatever, pig fucking, and um, <laughs> just bailed. So anyway, so we're eight days away from this shoot, pulled the plug, super stressed out, and then basically we had to skip that shoot. So they call it 18 days in which we then had to put together a secondary shoot. So yep. what we ended up doing, and you, you understand what I'm saying, Patrick, you've been there. So it's like, okay, yeah. now, now we have to figure it all out. Anyway, all that being said, super duper stressful lead up to going to South America and having nearly five weeks of an incredible back-to-back couple expeditions, one in Peru, one in Brazil. Um, Yeah, and we can go into the details, but just the the lead-up to it was insane. (laughs) Ritep, you have a brand called Pig Trash. You do. I believe. There it is. (laughs) There she is. So Ritep and I, Forrest, went to Kauai. We took a, a... both of our exes. I've actually. heard of this trip. I've heard yeah, of this we, trip. We spent uh-huh. a week in Kauai. It was it was actually Very really romantic. fun. Yeah. But there are <laughs> fucking wild Pat. boar. There are wild boar everywhere. Everywhere. The, the little house we were staying on on the North Shore, the, the, the road out, you would just, I mean, there were just wild boar on the side of the road. Hundreds of them. Right. Yeah. Right. Is it, are they a big problem? Yes. Like, I, I know the Asian carp. I understand invasive species are yeah. always a problem. What do, what do wild boar fuck up? Uh, so a lot of things. First of all, they, and I'm going to get this number wrong and people are going to get upset, but they cause something like $3 trillion in agricultural damage a year. You know, sure. it's, it's not that. It's wow. billions of dollars. But they, because they root, right? So wild boars, they go down on their forelegs and they root around. They dig up the ground. And in order to do that in, say, like a potato plantation or something like that, they just, they tear through a field. And one pig can tear up acres and acres of crops. So they do billions of dollars of damage a year in agriculture. And then in addition to that, you know, they're they're eating baby birds, they're rooting up, they're, they, they put anything they can in their mouth. A lot of people think pigs, oh, they're just eating like fruits and nuts. No, they'll eat rats, they'll eat baby birds, they'll <laughs> eat snakes, they'll eat lizards, like they'll, anything that they can put in their mouth, they will. So they're super hard on the environment. They're terrible on crops. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of diseases that they carry as well. Uh, I, there's just a lot of problems with them. And it's funny that you bring up Hawaii because there have been proposals to remove pigs from Hawaii, right? Okay. But what's what's the first thing you think of when you think of Hawaii and food? You think of a luau, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little yeah. pig on the spit. Pig on the spit. That is part of the Hawaiian culture and tradition. So it's this really weird thing where like scientists are like, hey, we got to get rid of pigs. Like they're causing extinctions, they're causing billions of dollars in damage, and the Hawaiians are like pigs are part of our culture. But then people are like scientists are like, well, but they're not really. You've made them a part of your culture since they got there, and that's fucking cool because you're killing pigs. But at the same time, like, they weren't traditionally a part of your culture. So there's this big, like, science versus ethnicity or, or culture or whatever you want to call it clash over the pigs mm-hmm. in Hawaii where the some of the locals are like, you cannot remove pigs. Like, pig hunting, luau's, pig roast, that's part of our culture. The scientists are like, well, technically it's not because the pigs came after the people. You brought the pigs here, you know. So it's like this very weird sort of scale of, like, where is the line drawn between cultural 
you know, what's appropriate sure. culturally and what's appropriate biologically in Hawaii, which is pretty interesting. I've been three times to Kauai. It's it's amazing. I, cause I grew up on the East Coast. So yeah. like and like we had no money. So like our like once every two years trip, we just drive to Cape Cod. Right. But I always had, you know, you don't go to Hawaii because it's tw- it's a 12 hour flight from the East yeah. Coast. Yep. Versus in L.A., you jump on a plane, you're there, you know, ready for your morning tea. Uh, right. <laughs> but I've never done the luau because I'm like, I know what it is. I've seen it in yeah. 35 movies. I don't need like I, I'm good. I don't you're need missing to see out. the fire. Really? You're missing out. Yeah, it's you're missing time. out. I've, I've only been like to Hawaii as an adult once, and we did the luau thing. And it, wa- it wasn't a super touristy one, which I think helps. But yeah. here's why you're missing out. It's not because of the fire ploy. It's not because of the lays. It's not because of the chicks and coconut bras. You're missing out because that roasted pig, specifically that crackling pig skin on the outside yeah. that's been going around the spit, I would chop off my left testicle to be able to eat that every single day of my life without gaining a pound. I mean, it is just unbelievably. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. The fuck out of here with bacon. I mean, it's so good. Um, Ritep, uh, I mean, look, we would have had fun if we did one because we would have just drank a thousand drinks, of course, and then have, yeah. and then had fun. Uh, what's we your did take? that anyways, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. What's your what's your guys' takes on the not the they're not called luau drinks, like but like the tiki bar style drinks, like the fruity, colorful giant goblet. It's all blue. Do you guys like those? Nah, I, Gross. Why? I love them. <laughs> yeah, Forrest nah, so good. Because, For- because Forrest is a guy that drinks one drink when he goes out, whereas I'm a guy who drinks like twenty to thirty five drinks when I go out, <laughs> right. and you just can't. I'll have diabetes that night if I That's drink, a good point. That's true. drink those drinks. You don't Somebody suggested the other day while we were out, they had a fishbowl. Yeah, great. Um, and you see, you know, fishbowl? I'm like, are you f- out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's, I know. I, I love a, sh- a sugary, fruity island drink in the tropics. I think it's just delightful. The bluer or redder or pinker, the better. The <laughs> um, more colored it looks, Yeah, just get, yeah, I want exactly. it to look like Gatorade in a cup. Um, but... <laughs> But what, what's your take on it, Patrick? And, and Retep's, what Retep is saying is very true. If you're a Brosner listening to this, true. I'm an incredibly cheap date. I mean, one stiff drink, and I'm lying on the floor moaning. So, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's true. I, I do half a fishball, and my night is set. So it's and very, very true. Yeah. Retep, that, there's, there's yeah. a picture of me and you with a fishball in Kauai, <laughs> and we each have a long straw, and we're wow. sipping it at the same time. I, uh, I'm probably still hungover from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Forrest, what year did we meet? Like 2013? 13. I have no idea. Yeah, when 2013. was the L.A. brunch? To, 2013. Santa Barbara brunch, yep. in which I did not say let's do brunch. <laughs> You're uh, never letting that go, ever. Well, dude, my family was just here, and uh, my niece is loves – my niece, Danny listens to every Wild Times episode. She's 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and has Great. read the book. And uh, so she's she read the book and has heard my the podcast when I said I didn't say it, and so the whole yeah. time she was here, she's like, "You definitely said let's do brunch." <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't do it. You did. It's, it's uh, in writing. It's there forever now. Um, yeah. But no, 2013. But, uh, yeah. So since I've met you, we talked about bucket list places, and a couple of them for you and for me, we crossed off on Extinct or Alive, like Sondheim yeah. Cave and, and the Galapagos. Yep, good chunk. But your number one 
always was the Pantanal, which yeah. I had never, full disclosure, had never heard of. Sure. So you just went to your number one bucket list place. Let's talk about it. First, let me just tuck my boner into my waistband. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, look. <laughs> uh, yes. So literally, as, as long as I can remember, I've wanted to go to the Pantanal. It's the only place in the world where giant jungle cats hunt crocodilians and eat them, right? You get caiman and jaguars and tapirs and giant anteaters and six different species of monkey, and the list goes on and on. And it's just a fucking weird environment. It's like this giant forest that floods for half the year and then dries up for the other half of the year. And every animal that lives there has to be able to spend basically six months of its life in trees without touching the ground, including giant jungle cats. So it's just this fucking wow, weird. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's just a super weird environment. And, you know, and this is a, in Brazil, right? In Brazil. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So it's the floodplains. In a sense, it's it's sort of where the, Ama, the Amazon River floodplains kind of dump out in the corner. Like they obviously dump out into the ocean, like the river. But there's like a corner that's a big floodplain. Um, and. So, yeah, so it's somewhere Don't I wanted worry, to go. I'm still listening, even though Papa PP just got up for some strange reason. He's fine. He's doing great. Um, but, yeah, it's just this incredible environment. Uh, we were there. So I think one of the reasons we were so successful is we were in the Pantanal just like I got home yesterday, and it is the driest that it's been in 80 years. So oh, the water has oh, receded to such an unbelievable level. Like, there's still a river, but that's kind of it. Outside of the river, there's all these puddles. And to give you an understanding of how much water there typically is, the road to get out to the area called Porto Joffrey, where we'd go out like wildlife viewing and stuff from, is 150 kilometers. There's 120 bridges in 150 kilometers. That's how much water there is in the area. Oh, shit. Yeah. So anyway, I sent I sent you guys a couple of vids. We'll post some on the Wild Times. But there's some of these pools that have dried up that typically would be you know miles and miles of floodplain. And in these pools, because of the receding water, are thousands of caiman. I mean, it looks like something out of a crocodile farm's nightmare. Like, it's just unbelievable how many crocodilians are packed into there. But one of the videos you sent, it was, I mean, you literally, it would be like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. You could walk across the (laughs) caiman heads. Yes, straight up. I don't even know how there could be enough food for them. There's, it's infinite caiman. It is infinite Cayman. <laughs> Ritep, I'm sending it to you right now so you can peep this at some point. But it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, regardless, yeah. So anyway, so we went out there, uh, went to the Pantanal. I got, we, and look, seeing jaguars is never easy, right? It's just not. Like, you're talking about seeing an incredibly elusive jungle cat. And I was like, there are things that I want on my bucket list. I'd love to see giant river otters. That shouldn't be too hard. And we did. I got to see them hunting, fishing, catching fish, ripping up fish. Uh, wow. I'd love nice. to see giant anteaters. Got to see them in the fields hunting, you know, like sticking their little tongues down the ant, uh, termite mounds and eating them. Got to see tapirs swimming, all kinds of cool stuff. And I was like, the thing I really want to see, the thing that like is a one in a million shot, but unbelievable if I could see it, be a jaguar killing and eating a caiman, right? It's like this giant cat leaping into a river it's a hunting a crocodile. ask. Yes, that's it's a, an unbelievably that's specific That's like being ask. like, I want to... I want to get married someday, but I'd like to meet my wife sitting in first class on a flight to Auckland, New Zealand. That's Correct. just how I see it happening. It's, it's just how. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so we, we get there and we've got five days of this long trip to try and see a Jaguar. And four days go by 
we actually did catch a glimpse of a jaguar and her cubs but a, really just a glimpse on the first day but and that was amazing i was like oh my god we just saw a jaguar and its cubs like what are the odds of that but it was just a glimpse and then four more days of not seeing any jaguars and all these other wildlife and fishing and super fun stuff go by and then it's like ugh, do we really even want to go out again it's been brutally hot you know fuck it let's just go and we get on the river on the fifth day start cruising in the boat and look over and i it's pretty funny so the town of Porto Joffrey, where we went out of, is probably a town of 25 people, okay, total. There's, like, four different, like, lodges, which is a loose term. You know, like, they're, like, huts with semi-AC. Patrick, you know the kind of place you've yeah, stayed yeah. in them. Is, and is this where you're staying? This is where we're At staying. Okay. I get there. Not kidding. I know four people there. The four four of the world's leading wildlife videographer slash photographer people happen to be there at the same week. So uh, wow, it's just super it. funny. I run into an old buddy from South Africa, Nick. Um, I see Devin Mason. You might know him, Patrick, from Gurney Productions. He's there. I'm literally crossing one of those bridges, and I look down. I'm like, hey, Devin. He's like, holy shit, dude. Like, I, literally, there's four people I know in Porto Joffrey the same week we're there. And nobody had talked to anybody. So it's just like unbelievably. <laughs> you're 300 miles from anything, and there's four gringos out there all looking for jaguars. So it's pretty hilarious. But anyway, we're on, we're on the fifth day. Uh, I've teamed up with my buddy Nick from South Africa, and we're cruising on the boat. And Nick says to me, he's like, dude, there's a, de- there's a dead caiman over there. And I go, dude, what are you talking about? That's a fucking jaguar. We're looking at different parts of the river, and there's a dead oh, wow. caiman, and I'm looking at a jaguar swimming. And we literally like both realize what's going on. And this jaguar, there is a dead caiman. Now, I don't know if it's been hit by a boat, if it's been poached, if the jaguar had killed it earlier. Who knows? There's so many caiman, there are quite a lot of dead ones lying around. But this jaguar was cruising in the water, like nothing but its head sticking out, full swimming at this caiman carcass. And I just pull out the camera and just just start snapping photos like crazy. Um, this isn't part of the show. This is just our vacation. And, right. uh, and yeah. um, this jaguar swims up to this huge caiman, like probably a 10-foot-long, 9-foot-long caiman, grabs it by the scruff of its neck. It's dead and bloated and you know, probably weighs 300 pounds. It was missing it, a foot, wasn't it? It was missing part of its tail. tail. Yeah, missing oh, part of its, it was tail. its tail. Gotcha. Vultures might have got it. Like I said, other caiman. I mean, there's just there's a lot of like death and carnage in this part of the world. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, watch this jaguar swim up, grab this caiman by the scruff of its neck, climb up on the bank, pulling like a 200 pound jaguar, and then climb up on the bank, take like a breather, and then pull it up this sheer vertical cliff. And sort of over the edge of the bank to where I assume its cubs were to feed its cubs. And it was just like my jaw hit the floor. Like I literally just watched this jaguar come and grab this caiman, pull it out of the river, pull it up this bank. There's like dust flying everywhere. And at one point the the caiman like falls off the edge of the cliff and the jaguar like holds on and like plants its feet and pulls backwards. It's absolutely incredible. I snapped like 10,000 photos. You know, Jaguar disappeared. I put my camera down, and I was like, well, I'm done with the Pantanal. Like, I don't yeah. need to do anything else. I don't need to see anything else. Like, I am unbelievably stoked. Uh, it was I just fucking awesome. I have a few questions, awesome. man. So yeah. how long, let's say, if that came in and had its tail, how long would it have been? Probably like nine feet. It wasn't a so, monster, but good size one. Yeah, I guess I, I had had the impression that came in were a bit smaller. I didn't realize they got that big. Yeah, it's still a good-sized crocodilian. It's probably eight, nine feet long. Definitely definitely longer than I am, for sure, by a couple feet. 
Yeah, it looked big, dude. Uh, yeah. Tip's pulling up the video. Um, it just shows you the strength of these cats to pull that thing up crazy. that bank. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, it, it's really... The Cayman looks so much bigger than the than the Jaguar. Right. It's just it is bloated. insane. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. This is fucking nuts, dude. See when it goes <laughs> off the little cliff here and he's like hanging on to it, like yeah. plants his feet and pulls backward. I don't know, man. It was just unbelievably cool. Um, it, I mean, it is. This, I mean, is, this is crazy. The Jaguar, I mean, just, that's just probably the coolest looking animal I've ever seen. It's, yeah. it's yeah. stunning. Right. Sexy. <laughs> How fast was the Jaguar swimming? Like, was quick. it swimming like, faster than you could? A hundred percent, yes. De- wow. I'm pretty sure it would have caught Michael Phelps if it wanted to. It was cruising, <laughs> and it was going no upriver. So rivers, you know, flowing against it, and it was cruising up to the Jaguar. Um, Damn. So, yeah, I mean, that was the highlight for sure. I caught a bunch of anacondas. I actually got four anacondas around 20 feet. Uh, inside of two weeks that was for the show and i can't say much more than that i got my first ever yellow anaconda which was absolutely incredible um i've never seen a yellow anaconda before there's yellows and there's greens and the greens are the ones that everybody knows about that are huge and the yellows are much prettier um tapirs giant anteaters we went to this other place in brazil that that you know it was always part of that sort of bucket list dream which is a place called Benito Brazil, which for tap, I don't know if you can pull that up, but it's B-O-N-I-T-O, Brazil. And the water there, uh, look, I'm a diver, right? I'm a spear fisherman. I go in the ocean all the time. I've been to the Caribbean. I've been to Hawaii, blah, 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 blah. This water, I don't know how else to say it other than saying it had infinite visibility. It was like gin clear. And this is like 500 miles from the coast. It's these springs that bubble up out of this limestone, kind of like a cenote, except mm-hmm. it's absolutely packed with giant golden-colored fish that are native, they're called Golden Dorado, have these incredible rivers, uh, these huge caves. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Parrots everywhere. And so, yeah, wow. we were in this region. We filmed anacondas underwater. There's an incredible photo of Johnny, actually, where an anaconda comes up on top of his camera while we're filming it was just, yeah, it was a real once-in-a-lifetime trip. I mean, look at it. Is it looks like you you're floating. Is this you and Johnny right here? That is. Yeah, it is, that in is, fact. Yeah, yeah. that's them. Um, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It's, it's interesting how um, when there's when it, there's limestone, for whatever reason, when the water... Because have you been to Havasupai? Forest? I have, yeah, I have. And you get that turquoise-colored water. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous, and it's because of the lime content of the water. But it creates, like... You know, I think I might have posted a picture back in the day on Facebook of of Havasupai, and people were like, nice filter, fucking cool filter. I was like, I, I didn't even know what a filter was at that point. <laughs> you still don't. It's just the water's this impossible <laughs> yeah. blue that, you, yep. you, you know, looks like someone dumped a bunch of dye in it. it it's, yeah, and that, that water, I know exactly what you're talking about. That water has that turquoise color that looks so different. This water, at least like near to the spring sources, was gin clear to the point that you look down and you can't tell there's water. I've never seen anything quite like it. It was wow. unbelievable. It looked like the fish were just floating, like they weren't in a substance. It was amazing. Um, it was literally like any, diving in an aquarium. Absolutely loved it. Did you do any spear fishing? No, no fishing allowed. Definitely packed a pole spear. Not sure that that was legal once I got there, like to even have it, because I packed a pole spear, like a little fold-up pole spear, and I was like, oh, you know, we'll be camping, we'll be out in the middle of nowhere, I'll spear some fish, we'll grill them up, 
And then they're like, no, no, there's no fishing in this province at all. Like, no spear fishing, no fishing. I was like, oh, well, I don't have a pole spear with me. <laughs> um, was it in your carry-on or in your uh, No, it was just bag. in my dive bag, and it stayed there the whole time. Um, and it was pretty funny because we had this old, old Brazilian dude working with us who'd been there forever, and he's like, I remember when I used to spearfish. It was amazing, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was going through the airport one time, and uh, – I got to my destination, which was in Chicago from LAX, and I got to the bottom of my backpack and there was a giant seven inch knife in a sheath in it that had gone through the airport in my carry-on through both fucking airports. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how did I leave this in here and how did they not find it? It was just on the plane with me the whole time. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Like, the, you got it through with a with a big big spear in your when fucking I, bag. When I flew to uh, to go to Alaska, actually, when when I was going to do the shoot with BTG, mm-hmm. um, I had bought. I don't know even how this guy found it. I was at a pizza place at like three in the morning in LA. This guy who appeared to be batshit crazy comes in <laughs> and shows me a bunch of knives, and they were actual true switchblades. <laughs> oh, like cool. Press, right. the, press the button, comes out the top. Real yep. switchblades, which I think are illegal. I'm they pretty are. sure I, they I are, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah. how much? The guy's like, 20 bucks. I was like, yep, need I'll, it. I'll take all of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. I flew to Alaska, you know, connected through Seattle, didn't realize, coming home from the shoot, it got nabbed at the uh, Seattle airport. Oh, no. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, fuck, I had that the whole time. And the dude who got it was like, dude, this is cool. He's like, I, he's like, you might want to like go back out and mail this to yourself. <laughs> really? That's yeah. hilarious. Because yeah. they're definitely illegal in the United States. Legit, I was like, oh, I'm fucked. Like, I just am <laughs> trying to get on a plane with an illegal weapon. And the guy was just like, yeah, like, you might, you should probably go mail this to yourself. I was like, that's hilarious. No, it's just yeah. toss it, man. I'm going to go get drunk <laughs> instead. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I was uh, I was flying through LAX one time, and I remember Mitch was with me. I don't remember where we were going, and this like tiny, like I think Chinese woman, this small Asian lady, had been pulled aside. Very old, elderly, like looked completely harmless. And the TSA agent pulls this thing out of her bag, and it's about this big. It's like it's like six inches long, and he holds it up. And this like telescoping samurai sword comes all the way out, and it's it's like as tall as she is, and he's like he like looks at her, and it's this TSA agent like looks at her with this like stare, and she's like oh yeah that yeah like yelling at him in in, in yeah. whatever language she spoke, and he just like lo- and he like I could see on his face he's like I've never had someone try and bring a sword through check in before. <laughs> And I was like, Mitch, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? He was like, holy shit. This thing just kept growing, dude. It was like a four-foot-long samurai sword that she was trying to take in her carry-on. And I'm sure that ended with it getting... Yeah, it was super cool. (laughs) But uh, Yeah, I mean, like, that's like... If you had a samurai sword and the knowledge of how to use it, like, you could take over a plane. Yes, 100%. (laughs) And she looked like she could. She was was scary. Uh, But anyway, but... So uh, I'm assuming the guy took it and she was fuming, right? She's lucky she didn't get arrested for that. Yeah, for sure. We kept going. We didn't wait around to see what happened. He started calling over a bunch of people, and I just... I just couldn't believe the size of this telescoping (laughs) sword that was coming out of this guy's hand. Um, He was probably like... Like, I, I went to college with this guy who had a car in my dorm, and I didn't have a car, once in a while I'd hitch a ride up to campus with him, 
and he didn't have a parking pass because they were like 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so he just Jeez. had this theory that if he he would literally like drive up onto the lawn of a building and park his car there. No way. Because his theory was, and he had a pickup truck. <laughs> okay. So his theory was, if I park in a place that's so ridiculous that no, and he and he was like, I've never been towed. Like, because it's so <laughs> ridiculous, they assume I'm official. Yeah, yeah. Right. They think yeah. he's up to something. Yeah. Yeah. Or they I always respect meant. it. Yeah, if you yeah, if you like, can get some neon vests, I feel like you can get away with anything. You get those orange dude. and yellow, you walk into concerts, backstage, like you want to go, you know, illegally pick mushrooms in Yosemite, wear wear a neon vest. Like you tell me one 100%. person that's going to stop you, you know? Like there's just you put on a neon vest and not one person is questioning what you're doing. Bro, there is a, an entire subreddit called Act Like You Belong where people tell stories and post pictures about doing such things as that. And the majority of them, they just wear a vest and basically Real, I, walk into a fucking concert. I completely you know? believe it. I, I yeah. just, like, I've always had that thought of, like, if I were bold enough to try some, like, law-breaking of these manners, I would just get the neon vest. Nobody would say anything. I, my first job out of college... I was a sales, a territory sales manager for a, a company that sold consumer products, right? And so part of my, it was fucking the worst job ever. That's why I only did it for 10 months and then moved to LA. Why don't you just be honest, dude? You were selling cigarettes to 12-year-olds. <laughs> I wasn't selling cigarettes. I worked for a tobacco company, which is how I saved enough money to actually move to LA and do what I wanted to do. But uh, part of the job was to, I had 150 stores and part of it was uh, to show up and to make sure they weren't selling shit that had expired. And they all were. Hmm. Yeah. Of course. If, of if course. the yes. shit expired, my job was to take it off the shelves, box it up, and then somebody would send it back to the wholesaler. I would walk into, let's say, a fucking Rite Aid, right? They would have 60 cartons of shit that had expired. And it would just be some you know, minimum wage employee, I'd be like, hey, I'm here from X company. He'd be like, okay, cool. I'd walk behind the thing and leave with 60 cartons of cigarettes <laughs> times 150. <laughs> and not one person ever asked for a business card. No, nothing. Looked at Dude. me. I was 22. I had just turned, <laughs> I hadn't even turned 22 yet. And I would just you were walk like, why haven't walk I been doing this for cartons. years? Yeah. yeah. And New York State, a pack yeah. of cigarettes is 10 bucks, man. So a right. carton's 100 bucks. I was walking out with $6,000 worth of merch <laughs> all day long. Wild. And no one ever said anything just because I had a little soft briefcase. Yep, that's it. That'll do you it. Mind if I, you mind if I post this one on Act Like You Belong? The subreddit? <laughs> no, you should sure. start say the name of the company. They'll sue me. They're very litigious. <laughs> very litigious. I worked, for, uh, I worked for the city transit authority back in Chicago before I moved out here. And they the they installed the blinking lights in my car, so I had the strobes oh, in no. my Ford Taurus. Oh no! So I could turn them on. So I would legitimately just park wherever the fuck I wanted, like on the side of the highway, <laughs> the hop over the fucking thing with the vest on, hard yeah. hat, dude, just whatever. <laughs> fucking, it didn't matter. Never question. I did it like right by cops. You could park anywhere in the city, which was a huge ordeal. Yeah. And uh, it works, man. And I think you, Forrest, would be the perfect candidate to do oh, such a thing. Forrest is very, he's as cocky good of a, uh, at being falsely cocky yes. Yes. as 100%. pretty much anyone I've ever met. Thank you, P- Patrick. I, <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean that. Thank you. Because I, that is a skill that I have developed over many years where, it, you know, it's like you look at the anaconda and the film crew's looking at you and you're like, 
Yeah, no, I know how to take. The, I know how to tackle that snake for sure. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay, he's he's super confident. He definitely knows what he's doing. And meanwhile, Ian's I'm like, I'm gonna die and get everybody killed. Uh, this yeah, is a it's perfect. A good thing nobody per- nobody on the show listens to the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> perfect segue though, Recep. If you could do one more screen share today, it's the one we agreed upon. Uh, oh yeah, fifteen, fifteen Brosners, because we have the best listeners of any podcast ever. We do. Sent us the same link to a video uh, of a dad who was at a children's birthday party and they took them to some sort of zoo, it appears. And I'll just describe it while Retep uh, pulls it up. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> have you seen the video, Forrest? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's I, because I also received it from a handful of Brosners being like, dude, what the fuck? And I was like, dude. all right, I got to see what this is all about. It's amazing. Well, so uh, so since you actually know a little bit about animals, what, okay, so let's describe what we're seeing here. Yes. Okay. Play so there is. Oh. Yes. So oh. there's. Oh, you might need to slow it down because it happens quick. <laughs> it um, happens real quick. <laughs> so there's there's this young lady, and she oh. clearly has an oh, alligator. No. That she is doing some sort of alligator. Oh, God, it's hard to talk through this. Um, there's a young lady. She is doing some sort of alligator show oh. for kids. And the alligator moves its head to the right. And she decides to push, his, push its jaw away. As one does. And you do it under the jaw. She, however, pushed it on the side of the jaw. Alligator grabs her hand. Moves mm. backwards, as an alligator does. And pulls her, her and her entire body by her arm into this, like, one-foot-deep oh. tank. God. And this is, yeah, then it, then it really gets outrageous when, like, a brave stander-by just decides to tackle the alligator. He just comes leaping into the pen, grabs it. Yeah, this is in Utah. They don't have alligators, so I don't know what was happening here. Quite a mess. Um, so the video ends. So, you know, she's in a bad spot. It's death rolling It's death rolling. Man. Yeah, Holy it probably shit. broke her wrist. I don't know. She rolled with it, which is, by the way... If you're ever in this situation, roll with it. Do not fight it, okay? And that's actually a really important note. I don't know how many people are ever going to be in this situation. If you ever are bitten on the leg or hand by a crocodile or crocodilian, be prepared to roll because it will break every bone in that limb. You have to roll with it. That is an important thing. We've talked about croc attacks before. You have to roll with it. So the dad, as it's described... It's just a dude, right? He's not the handler who's doing the show. Clearly doesn't work there. Yep. He, he does jumps. have a yellow vest on, though. He does have a yellow vest on, I was just going to say. <laughs> He's pretty official. Oh, my God. He that is fucking, fucking wild. gets in there, and you can see she tells him something, because he's trying to help open the mouth, sort of standing behind her. She tells him something, and he jumps into the pen fearlessly, gets on top of this fucking, and starts wrestling an alligator. Yeah. I'm going to presume with no prior experience. I'm sure. And I, I actually... Helps I, free her. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, helps get her freed. Then there's a little period where he's looking for instructions because he's now riding an alligator and she's out of the pen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my my first question was, if you what if you ever find yourself accident, riding an alligator? How do you get off of it without it biting you? I mean, he actually did it right. Like, the best thing you can do, so all their strength is in their bite force in a downward pressure, right? You can hold an absolutely massive, like, I'm talking 20-foot-long crocodile's mouth shut with two fingers. They have 
next to no jaw pressure with opening. So what if you can get their mouth closed and hold your hands around their jaw, they have these very bony lower jaw bones that you can really kind of clip your fingers or your thumb under and hold it closed. If you can do that, you've won because that's it with a crocodile or an alligator. They just have those jaws. Now, he didn't have that, nor did he have that knowledge. He stayed behind the neck, which is exactly what you need to do. So they cannot reach their own necks with their mouths, right? They can only reach back basically to their the tips of their tails, more or less. So he stayed on top of it. He put pressure on the neck, which kept it from being able to swing its body around. And the alligator, at that point, the alligator really just wanted to get away. And you can kind of see it. The alligator's like, oh, fuck, what's going on? What's on top of me? And it was thrashing, but the guy did... Everything that the the helper did, he did perfectly, really. Wow. Which is just, I'm sure, sheer luck. What do you think she was doing? Like, was she trying to feed it? Just a piece of meat? No, so so I I can break this down for you. Okay, so when you're dealing with alligators, and Patrick's seen me do this in Louisiana, you can lift up the bottom part of their jaw, right? Like, if you can touch them on the lower part of their jaw. And you have a lot of control when you kind of get your finger under their jaws. They, they kind of just move their head around, and you, you sort of have a lot of directional control. And, I, you know, Patrick's seen me do it where I sort of lift them up, and I put food in their mouth and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, now okay. the, the th- And they can snap and go crazy and do something called a pop where they, like, snap their jaws and open them back up, and it makes this popping sound. And there's not, it won't do anything as long as your hand is underneath the jaws. Now, she was trying to manipulate its head because it turned sideways by putting her hand under its jaw. Now, here's the kicker. Your margin for error when you're working with an alligator by tapping it under the jaw is like three inches, maybe even less. Because if you put your hand on the side of an alligator's face, it will snap and grab it instantly. So the way they hunt, they hunt fish, right? And usually in murky, shitty water, and they're just sort of swimming, and a fish bumps into the side of their face, and they just, they just go... And they just grab it, just a little sideways lunge and snap. And so the second you touch the side of an alligator's jaw... You're a fish. It's, you're a fish. You're done. <laughs> it's going to snap. It's going to grab you. And that's what she did. She went to manipulate the yeah. alligator's movement by going under the jaw and moving its head. And she touched the side of his jaw. And I'm telling you, man, like you're, you have a better shot of, of grabbing a bullet out of the air than you do of m- getting your hand away from the side uh, of an alligator's it face. It's so like, fast. I mean, it's, you can it's, see it. It's instant. There's no human being on Earth that has the reflexes to pull back in that amount of time. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just that that was her mistake. And it bit, it grabbed on, was like, oh, food. You know, it's probably used to being fed that way. And then it, it sh- clamped down its jaws and went, I'm going to eat this thing. Went into death roll mode. You know, yeah. as as one does. And then the guy jumped on it and then the thing freaked out and let her go. But until then, he was just like, so when I get, fe- you know, I bet you when that gator gets fed, he gets a chicken or a fish or whatever on a pair of tongs. They tap him on the side of the jaws. He does his little snap, gobbles it up. Right. Yeah. Here he is. Yeah. He's in his tank. Something taps him on the side of the jaws. He snaps and he's like, oh, this thing's fi- fighting back. I got to gobble it up like they they're not smart. You know what I mean? Like they're right. they have very they're instinctual brains, you know, and its brain yeah. was going, I've got food. It didn't think, oh, I love her and I shouldn't hurt her. It's not it's not a puppy. Of course. Right. Yeah, no, it's right. 80 million, 80 million years of evolution. Exactly. Said, Touch here. Bite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What, um, so do you think, what do you think is going to, I mean, are they going to put it down or it, like, I mean, no, I, yeah. I saw this. So I had a bunch of people message it to me as well. And I was like pretty interested in it. So I did a little bit of reading on it and 
the company released a statement to say that the employee is going to make a full recovery. There were no like fish and game charges or anything like that. So it seems like it's all just sort of nothing. It was like that sucked. It was a bad right. accident, but you know, accidents happen kind of thing. Like everybody was legal. Everybody was permitted. She fucked up, you know, like not, just well, kind of like is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the animal is, ba- is going based on instinct. It's not like the animal would have gone for her. Right. If she hadn't have touched the side and hit the reflex point. And, and not do, to mention, she right. wasn't doing anything like da- like she fucked up for sure. But it wasn't like she had kids in there. You know what I mean? She was right. nothing. They weren't doing anything wrong. It was just an accident. Forrest, while you were gone, we posted, I think last week, uh, a Darwin Awards bonus pod nice. on the Patreon. So go check that out. But um, one of – Pat, you remember, if you recall, you can interject too because it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Everybody should look this up on YouTube or go to the Patreon and watch us react to it. A guy who's golfing fucking – there's a, he comes across an alligator. He's, he literally is like Joe Biden aged and looks like him. He's like, uh, it might have been Joe Biden, quite <laughs> yes. frankly. And he has the brilliant idea. And I don't know why. There's no explanation why. But he wants to somehow wrangle this gator who's just going about its business in this creek. And he throws his cardigan sweater over its head. Smart. Yeah, gators hate cardigans. It, yeah, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. fucking back. <laughs> And just gets fucking destroyed. Oh, for sure. And I'm, I'm just like, Dude, what he did this tried guy to pick it up. He oh literally, like, he thought if he put a sweater over its, uh, his eyes, he straddles a very large gator, like a 12-footer. <laughs> and he tries to pick it up between his legs. And the gator yeah. just destroyed him immediately. And everyone who's watching acts very surprised. Right, like, like oh my god, like, I can't believe this happened. Yeah, 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 man. Oh, we gotta we gotta watch that with forced reaction because um, I, I mean it is hilarious. Wow, but Love I, that. you know, you were asking, you know, would they have put it down? It's hard to say, but I uh, there was just a, a grizzly bear attack in Yellowstone uh, almost oh, not really? even two weeks ago, less than ten days ago. Yeah, on August 11th, and um, dude was attacked. Guy who worked there. Uh, he wow. was out. He was out jogging, which he wasn't supposed to be doing. Didn't have his bear spray. Dead. And one of the things oh, I read wow. was that Shit. if they, if they did figure out which bear did it, that the bear would be killed. And I, I started thinking. I mean, I know that's a common practice. I mean, obviously, we all remember Harambee, right? Yeah. That was at a zoo. Exactly. But I was thinking about what is the biological, zoological like? Is the idea that if the bear kills and eats, a, and he had been eaten a bunch, and yeah. they said it was a sow and two cubs, almost certainly based on the, the footprints that were around there. Wow. Why kill the bears? Because what, so I don't agree with this, first of all. Let me just okay, say that, that. That was actually no. my question. Yeah, do you agree, and then why do it? So, okay. I agree. Yeah. All right. This is a much more complex question. It's not very black and white, but let me explain it the best I can. So why kill the bears? The answer is very simple, right? Once an animal figures out that a human being is on the menu, it realizes how fucking weak, useless, and pathetic we are, right? So if you're, if you're a grizzly bear at Yellowstone, and, you know, he was, and he's probably seen 10,000-plus people, but they've never been on the menu, right? They're in their cars. They're walking around. They're not part of the menu. 
Now all of a sudden you see a jogger, you're hungry, you tackle him, you go, wow, this guy tastes kind of like pork. This is delicious. And right. not to mention, he didn't kick me in the shins like a moose would. He didn't, you know, fuck me up like a pronghorn would, so on and so forth. Like, this is very easy. Now I'm going to start eating people. And so that's the mentality behind it, right? It's the idea that once they get sort of a taste for human flesh, not that they go crazy for it and all that, but they're like, oh, humans are now on the menu. Like, I now know that that's something that's on the menu. And the likelihood for a second attack goes up by thousands of percent. Um okay. Interesting. Now, why I don't agree with it is because that is positive reinforcement, right? You want a treat? Here's a treat. That treat might be a jogger, but here's want a treat? Here's a treat, right? Now, the way to break positive reinforcement is negative reinforcement or conditioning, right? So instead, obviously, the safest thing is to kill the bear. Obviously. No question for human beings. But... In a world where we don't have that many bears anymore or lions or tigers or any of these apex predators, a better solution would be to figure out how to negatively impact that bear. You could dart it and relocate it. You could paintball the shit out of it. You could put alarms around it. You could just scare the fuck out of it so that it never wants to have anything to do with human beings again. And that would probably, in my opinion, be just as effective a non-lethal predator conflict mitigation as, you know, a bullet would be. Now, yeah. this hasn't been tried enough to actually know that, but it's just common sense, right? If something eats a person and then you scare the shit out of it, it's not going to eat that person again, right? If you take your dog, Patrick or Atep, you both have dogs, and you rub your, your dog's nose in its food and beat the shit out of it, not that you guys have ever done that, but if you do that, do you think your dog's going to eat dinner that night? Absolutely fucking not, right? Like, my, my dog loves his dinner, but if I rub his nose in it and beat him and yell at him, he's not going to go to his dinner ball that night. And uh, it's up, a, until, up until you said that, I was like, this would make a great television show that I think you should pitch for us, going <laughs> and negatively reinforcing these vicious bears. Yeah, but, it, would, it would be cool. But It'd don't be beat them and dangerous. rub their nose in their food. That's, that's just, terrible. Just rub the nose in the jogger and hit him, <laughs> hit him with a newspaper. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's terrible. No, you spritz him with a water bottle in the face. That's right. That's right. Back out. Yeah. That's for cats only. Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> it works on cougars, too. But Dude, were there, were there any, venomous, uh, any venomous snakes down there that you handled in the Pantanal? Uh, no, actually, none. Um... Which is very unique. I, I did get one uh, endemic species. It's basically much like a fertilance, but uh, which is a type of pit viper from Central America. But there was an endemic species to the foothills of the Andes where we were in Peru, and we did catch one of those, which was pretty cool. I actually cannot remember the name of the pit viper now, but it looked just like a fertilance. Um, okay. It was pretty. It was pretty mild. We were cruising. We were just hiking. And he just sort of was on the trail. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is cool. Check him out. And then he coiled up in a pile of leaves. This part of the story is kind of interesting. So, Ritep, I have two camera guys that I go everywhere with, right? Johnny and Mitch. They're both colorblind, right? So that explains why my shows always look like shit. But um, (laughs) no, but uh, no joking. They're both colorblind. Anyway, we've got this beautiful pit viper. And if you Google Fertilance, you'll see what the snake looks like, at least approximately. And it, the, we're walking on the trail, and I see it. And I'm like, heads up, you know, venomous snake. I go to grab my hook, and the snake slithers into this, like, pile of leaves. And the two colorblind dum-dums with their cameras literally cannot see it. It's right. so perfectly camouflaged that they could not see it. And Mitch nearly stepped on it again. Um, you know, I mean, not, not like so close that it was like, oh, you could have died. But he was, like, maybe two feet away from it. 
And I'm like, it's right there. And he's like, I cannot see it. And we're like starting having like a, you know, like work marriage shouting fest where I'm like, film the snake. And he's like, I cannot see the snake. And I'm like, it's two feet in front of you. And uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It's camouflage was amazing. And you pair that with the color blindness. They could not see it at all. Forrest, I, I think it's brilliant that you brought two much weaker uh, humans who are, uh, how do you say this uh, politically correctly, handicapped with you so that <laughs> in case anything happens, they'll be the ones that are the weak ones in the back of the bunch and you can get away. It's brilliant. It's, really, I've, really I've, always had it, I've always had it figured out, Ritep. If anything ever goes down, I'm going to be like, guys, just drink, just drink the red liquid and you'll be fine. They won't know which the red liquid is. They'll both no. die and I'll get away. I've, I've had it figured out since day one. I carry, I carry a false Gatorade with me everywhere I go just in case. <laughs> <laughs> false Gatorade laced with cyanide. That's right. Good shit. Good shit. Did you ever, Forrest? Did you ever watch the show Growing Pains growing up? No, I remember the title, but I I don't think I ever actually watched it. But why? What makes you ask that? You watched it, right, Ratep? Oh yeah. It's it had a famous theme, theme song. The ones like theme "Show song. Me That Smile." Again. Show me that smile, girl. Is this, is this ringing a bell? To <laughs> as long as we got each other. Wow. It, okay. No, you don't know this at no, all. That doesn't ring a bell. I swear I don't. I swear I do not. Oh God. I just Ellen googled Thick. it. Okay. Well, <laughs> it just Thick, came to Kirk my attention. Cameron. Yeah. It just came to my attention that Alan Thick, who played the dad didn't write the theme song of Growing Pains. Now, that's not that surprising. Rarely does the guy who plays the dad write the theme <laughs> yeah, song. Right. But it turns out he did write the theme song to the Facts of Life and Different Strokes. What? Which that's are hilarious. two of the most famous theme songs. Everyone right. knows Different Strokes Wrote. Rule the World. Is it <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, how, Mr. Drummond. How weird is that? That's, that's very, very weird. strange. Is he? It's, it's blowing my mind. Is he the the father of the musician? Was it uh, Robin Thicke? Robin yes. Thicke, yeah. Ah, yeah. yes, uh, that all that all kind of adds up now. Okay. He looks just like him. They have very very uh, chiseled square jaws. And yeah, they have square heads. <laughs> Their heads are entirely square. <laughs> they look like Piston Honda from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they most certainly do. But dude, it is fucking weird. That's almost like a snub. Wait, did those shows? Those shows came before, though, before Growing Pains. They came before Growing Pains, so he's a prolific theme song writer, and he didn't get to write the theme song for his own show. Huh. That's very strange. It's very it's a odd. snub. They're like, you can't both star in the show and get the money for writing the theme song because this show will be in syndication for 45 years. <laughs> no, Alan, no. <laughs> you can't. It makes no sense. Um, well, my, what else? My, give us, give my, us one more tidbit. Yeah, oh, sorry, sure. Right for us. My neighbor, literally the guy, like you guys know where my office is. If you're looking at that fence out that yeah. that yeah. door, he is the, um, the fuck's his last name? James. No, sorry. Jay something or other. Jay he, Moore? No, I can't remember it. But he wrote the theme song for The Office and Terminator, which are two Terminator's greatest movie ever. And I love The Office. And I just found oh, yeah, this out yeah. after living next door to him for like, I don't know, 12 years that he wrote these songs. Now, this is the Gee. neighbor that we uh, that we were going to annoy with peacocks and bees Correct. and all that other shit from that one metal royale. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he'll make a tune out of it for his next show. Jay Ferguson is his name. I just had to Google it. Jay Ferguson. 
Have you talked to him? Oh, Have yeah. Have spoken with him? I, it's, oh. it's literally, I, I take the trash out and we'll sit there and chit-chat every Sunday evening, basically, because our trash comes on Monday. And I was just like, yeah, Jay's a nice guy. Turns out he wrote, like, some of the best music, theme song music ever. So, anyway. Would you no, say that, like, your garbage, your garbage bin hangouts are, like, the best part of your week? <laughs> I mean, they are now that I know that he wrote the music for The Terminator, yeah. which, which means he indirectly influenced Arnold Schwarzenegger's career, which means I love him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did he did he come across you when you had your butt sticking out of the little uh, sewer pipe there when you were looking for your no dog? fortunately not that was not that's good memory but no fortunately not um <laughs> in fact it was pretty it was pretty funny i uh i forget what i did but i i think it was around shark week or something like that and jay jay was like hey i uh i saw you um saw you talking about sharks on the news keep that stuff up you might end up with a tv show one of these days and i was like Yep, you never know, Jay. You never know. And uh, just left it at that. And to this day, he has no idea that I have, like, multiple, you know, series on television. <laughs> but I yeah, thought that was pretty about, funny. That's, that's hilarious. I mean, the guy, when you write a TV show theme song on a show that's so heavily syndicated like The Office, I mean, I think it's on, like, four different streaming platforms. It's everywhere. It's on every channel all the time during the day in the evening on a different channel. Like, do you continuously get royalties for that? I have yeah. no idea. Absolutely. This is what I want with my life. Just one t- This is my new goal in life. One <laughs> TV show theme song. I don't do music. I know nothing about how to produce it or anything. But I have a new goal. They, and I will. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times the, the, the composers will give you the songs. They won't charge you up front. They'll compose the music. And they'll do that just for the to get the ASCAP royalties. Oh, because interesting. If, you know, if the I show know runs internationally, worked. especially like on a Discovery show or something like that, if it gets mm-hmm. picked up by Discovery International, there's yeah. in 60 countries and they get paid by every country. Interesting. So that's, that's uh, beautiful. That yeah. sounds that sounds way better than the way I make money. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that or voiceover is what you got to get into. It sounds like the greatest job in the world. It's it's Voice not. Over. Both Patrick it and I sucks. have done it. He's done it a lot more than I have. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I hate it more than anything. Let's play a game. Do we have any games? Yeah. Do we have some games lined up? What oh. do we got? We got I mean, top three DFL, but Pat's math, any I of got, that shit. I got a hell of a battle royale lined up, boys. Let's do it. Let's oh. get right into the BR. It. It's time. Do you know what time it is? Time! For what? The battle! (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Yeah, very nice. All right, here we go. Very nice. Let's hear it. Classic battle. A fight. A claddle. Old school. We're going full on battle royale. Head, body, legs. These animals are fighting on land. Okay. 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 Servertep, don't you don't take blue whale. So no 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 moon animals. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> They're fighting on land, not in the ocean, not on a glacier, on dry land in the middle of a field. <laughs> Head, body, legs. All the animals have to begin with the letter B. Oh wow! Oh, dude, I did all my yeah. researching on A. <laughs> That's why I just changed it to B. <laughs> I changed it to B. Jokes on you! I looked up B, C, and D. Uh, nice. Oh. That's what you were doing the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Head, body, legs. Uh, you know what? Let's let Forrest start since he uh, since he just got back. A little little present. Nice. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, all right. Starting with the 
all beginning with the letter B. I'm going to say I'm going to take the body of a polar bear, B for bear. Does that count, or does that not? Do, do we have to? No. No. Okay. It's, can, I don't know. Your rules. You can, I, I'm just. I mean, if, do you want to modify it to brown bear? Sure. Sure. Brown uh, bear. Oh, that, come on. You're just going to give him that? No. You're I mean, that was that was obviously what I had in the pipeline. If he went no okay. on the polar oh, bear, yeah. but um, fair enough. So fair body enough. of a brown bear for you. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll All go right. next. Of course you will. I'm, I'm torn here. <laughs> But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go head first because I really okay. want this head. I want the head, the bite force, the jaw power of a Bengal tiger. Ooh, very hey, nice. Son of a bitch. Google <laughs> B, you motherfucker. It's a massive. No, it's an imposing, large skull. Very nice. Strong bite force, big teeth, Bengal tiger head for me. Okay. Very nice. So, uh, is this me and am I up for one or two? Okay. You and two. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm going to go with the body of a bison. Oh, good one. Very nice. Huge. Very nice. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, I'm going to need a little help on my head, and I'm going to ask Forrest for the help. It's a particular beetle. Uh, oh, I can't use it because it begins with R. Fucking, it's beetle. God damn it. <laughs> I'll give it to you. No, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, you're going to give it to me yeah, because I'm the layman. You yeah. should have it. Yeah, you I'm should going, have it. So it has, the, it has the body size, and the head will match because the body determines the size of the head as well. And the ability <laughs> of the, rhin, the, rhin, the rhino beetle, the rhinoceros beetle, which can lift something like 6,000 times its own weight. And it has a very horned head, and it's very scary. No, no one said you're getting anything special ability, but... Um, <laughs> well, the rhino beetle, it's very strong, and it has a strong head, and it will fucking... On the bison body, your Bengal tiger will be, what is it, speared with this? It will just be hanging there. It won't matter. Okay, It'll yeah, be, the beetle's nice. head is not... It's... Okay. Okay. Very nice. So, very nice. Uh, I, I get um, what you're I doing. Very, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're making... A, you're, you're putting a scary rhinoceros beetle head on a big bison body. And like, it has the ability of the rhino beetle. The it doesn't. It does not. Strength. It does. It <laughs> but, does. That's how the game works. Yes, it is. Anyway, I've got a Bengal tiger head, and, and yours is imposing because at 2,000 pounds, that's a big body on the bison, okay. right? Yep, that's right. I guess I'll take the 4,000-pound body to double your size with my Bengal tiger head of a Bornean elephant. Oh, very nice. Oh, very God. nice. So oh, God. every bit as strong and stout. In fact, twice as strong and stout as your bison body. I'm just going to go next. Can you just, can you just, can you just do that with anything and be like, I'm going to put a Botswana hippo on yeah. the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, born, is Bornean elephant No, it's, it, it's legit. It's legit. It's just, it, it's, it's, a hell, it's a hell of a slight, but it's legit. Okay. okay. Thank you. All right. All right. So Forrest is up for two. I'm up for two. Um, all right. So I've got the body of a brown bear. Um, I am going to go with the legs. Let's see. Nope. 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 I'm not. I'm going to go with the head of a Bushmaster, which is a giant venomous pit viper. Um, mm. which is not the most venomous by any means, but it is the largest of pit vipers, and it injects shit tons of venom. That's what they're known for, which, you know, stops your blood from coagulating and your heart explodes and all kinds of fun stuff. So, so you've got, got this huge brown bear body covered in fur and then a snake head about the size of a... Yeah, like a tennis ball. Uh, okay. No, 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 because the, the head, it, it, it scales in size to match the body. Okay, I like that rule. Fuck. 
Yeah, thank you, Ratep, because you saved me. Because we were going to have another platypus body situation <laughs> on our hands here. Um, so let's legs. see. So that leaves me with the legs, the legs of a bongo. Do you know what a bongo is? No, bonobo. No, bongo. What's weirder? I'm just trying to make something weird up here. Bonobo. <laughs> okay. I okay. like that. So obviously the legs scale up to the body size. Everything's going body size. Yep. So now you have a bear that has... Legs and arms. It has opposable thumbs. Yep. It can make a fist. It can it can manipulate a tool. Yep. And it's got an equally large Bushmaster venomous head. Correct. That that's that's pretty imposing. It's a mess. I mean, it's a mess of an animal, but you don't want to fight yeah. with it. It's got venom. It's got it's got you know primate arms and legs. It can probably climb. It's enormous, like a bear. It's a mess, but you don't want to fight it. I'm so torn because I really want to do something, but I'll lose, and I want to win this one. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to go. take... I've got this big elephant, right? Elephant body. On it is a huge, equally big Bengal tiger head. Ooh, this is going to be a tough win. Yeah, go ahead. But what I want is I want a very like thick, stocky leg. I want a leg that's going to that's gonna be imposing. So okay. I'm going to go with a black rhino's legs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is a, this is a it's, very meaty animal. Yeah, I, I'm going for pure beef factor here. Yeah, this yeah. is a linebacker. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter because my rhinoceros beetle-headed uh, animal will easily be able to throw yours 55 miles into the sky with its strength. How is it going <laughs> to move around? It is going to move around very quickly, very quickly, gentlemen, with the legs scale to size of a brown hyena. Which can go up to fifty <laughs> miles an hour. A, he googled. He fucking googled animals that of can course, be. Of course, of course, fifty miles an hour, my friend. Well, so, yeah, I, this is how you know he googled it because he doesn't. He has zero clue how fast a hyena can move. So the fact that he's dropping the speed stats. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Each, yep. Each leg. So I'm actually shocked, Recep, that you didn't go with the with the legs of a blobfish and just make yours kind of <laughs> well, sedentary. You told, me, you told me I can't use moon critters, so <laughs> it's I, not a moon critter. That's a real animal, believe it or not. No, moon critters. Well, we need a shirt that says moon critters. That's just no, moon I, critters. Next That's time we do this, I think we got to do when we're when we're back at the studio and, uh, next week. We need to. Uh, we do the same thing. We put a random number generator in, and we do that letter, and we have to have our laptops closed. Yes, oh, that's God, great. That's good. It's but great. I mean, it's, it's unfair, but it is good. Correct. I like it. Yep, it's great. Yeah. So let's recap. So if you are listening to this, let us know on iTunes, on YouTube, on Patreon, wherever the hell you follow us, Instagram. We don't care. Just vote. Let us know who I won care. the battle royale. Is it Peter with his rhino beetle-headed bison with the legs of a brown hyena is it patrick with his incredibly intimidating bornean elephant that has the head of a bengal tiger and the oh, legs yeah. of a black rhino or my brown bear sporting the head of a bushmaster and the limbs of a bonobo quite a mess oh, yeah! we have on our hands yeah there you go oh i love it quite a mess of creatures we have on our hands this year um would love this year tonight and uh, would love to would love to see what the Brosners think. Who would win? I actually think Patrick might might finally have a W. Nah. Wow! Only seventy two podcasts in. That's wonderful. Brosnerus <laughs> Beetle Strength will destroy all. For those of you who haven't done it yet, if you like the Wild Times, 
wither without forest. Although, you know, 72, you've been here for 70 forests, so, you know. Right. Yeah, it's not terrible. Track record. If Agreed. you want four additional podcasts every single month, head over to our Patreon, which will be linked in the show notes and YouTube. And Ratep's going to tell you how to get there right now because he knows <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, he's the only one. Today. Yeah. Go to the wildtimespodcast.com forward slash info for that link and all the other links. You can listen anywhere that podcasts are available to be listened to. You can watch on YouTube, uh, patreon.com forward slash wildtimespod if you want to go directly to the Patreon. Support the show. We love you and it's been fun, gentlemen. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah! Good to have you back, bruh! I'm excited. Dude, dude, yeah, there we go. Smooth. Wow, that that's a long bad. tongue. That's a that's very a long tongue for us. Yeah, I'm quite pleasing tongue. to both genders. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a pangolin. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>